First of all, I love sweatpants. Okay, and I know that the majority of people listening to this right now love sweatpants. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call-in help show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula, founder of Unique Markets. Each week, I answer some of the most pressing questions from entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives. We talk about social media. We talk about growing and scaling. We talk about marketing. The reason this podcast exists is because the fact is most businesses will not make it to five years. I've had multiple businesses for over a decade now, and I really want to make sure that you have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So tune in weekly as I help business owners face their sh**. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Constant Contact. The reason why I love Constant Contact so much is because first of all, I am a marketing geek, but second of all, for all of us small business owners who complain about the deadly algorithm, I know you know what I'm talking about, the best thing you can do for your business is use email marketing. When you send an email, it actually reaches your customers' inboxes. This is really, really important for everyone listening. Take a second and think about that. Everyone puts so much importance and so much effort towards Instagram. And while I love Instagram, the algorithm is a freaking nightmare. So get on board with email marketing. Constant Contact is who we use for everything. And they've got a special offer for you right now. Calling all small business owners, nonprofit pioneers, and savvy side hustlers. If you're looking for guidance in the noisy world of online marketing, Constant Contact has your back. Their team has the expert guidance, tools, and technology you need to successfully build and market your business. So whether you want to step up your email marketing game with customizable email templates or grow your e-commerce using their Shopify integration, Constant Contact has everything you need to achieve online marketing greatness. To get 30% off your first three months, visit constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the promo code unique at checkout. That's constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the code all caps U-N-I-Q-U-E. This is Megan. Our guest today is Megan Combs, owner of Stitch and Shutter from Denver, Colorado. Stitch and Shutter sells handmade leather goods and accessories for the modern minimalist. Megan's web presence and social media accounts have great style and photography, but it's almost too curated. And at the end of the day, she simply needs more sales. Listen as I help her with sales strategies and discover her fear of being vulnerable and honest. Mm-hmm. It's about to get real. And remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode for Sonia's top takeaways designed to give you the best nuggets from each episode. What's the most pressing question? What's the number one thing you want to ask me about? So I think the top thing for me is recently, like in the past two months, I've started running ads basically. So paid Google mm-hmm. ads for the first time. Um, I didn't really play with that before. In the past, I've done some brief Facebook ads and Instagram ads, but I didn't have a ton of success with them. And it kind of have had the feeling that I'm 
almost throwing money away. So number one, are you doing it wrong? <laughs> um, most likely. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that's totally okay because you did not go to school specifically to learn all about analytics and online advertising. <laughs> How much money were you spending in over so many days? Did you do like an A-B test? Did you, have you tried it a number of different times to analyze the differences or was it like a one-time thing that you tried? I have run them just a handful of times and they've been really brief ads. I want to say like five-day campaigns um, and my budget has always been pretty low because I don't have a huge budget for, yeah. I and mean, I don't pay myself, let's be real. So, yeah. so my budget is low, um, but I, and I really didn't do split testing either. Um, okay. I, would, I kind of have always run an ad for a couple of days and then, then a different one down the road. So yeah, I really haven't done split testing, um, which I know is highly, highly recommended. Yes. Okay. So there's a few suggestions that I have for you. Mm -hmm. One is to probably dedicate uh, like a full day. And I, I do mean this like a full day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a, a time coming up in the summer where you're going to be like at a cottage somewhere or off in the woods or, <laughs> you know, or just honestly just locking yourself at home and not allowing yourself to watch Netflix um, and sticking to the task at hand, which is, mm -hmm. I believe, dedicating a full eight hours to watching YouTube videos. And it sounds crazy, but Facebook and technology changes so right. rapidly that if you did this a year ago, mm -hmm. there is completely new data and like the algorithms that Facebook itself are using now are different. Um, and so, and the options that they're, you know, able to offer within the ads manager, things change so rapidly. It's something that like, if you're doing your own advertising as a business owner, you have to actually stay on top of. So I would highly suggest reading as many articles, Googling, finding articles about the ads manager and about advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Um, there are some really great YouTube videos. Um, and again, like these are so easy to find a lot of the bigger companies, the larger companies, um, and tech blogs, as soon as Facebook comes out with, with like a new offering or a new system, they write about it. And so mm. there's a lot of already compiled, blog posts about either new features or how to utilize features within ads manager. And there are people out there who solely dedicate like their entire business. And some of them are making millions of dollars. Their entire business is built on just teaching people about advertising on Facebook. So I highly recommend researching and finding people who are doing that and looking at the compiled blog posts. For instance, when you Google and start doing searches, you'll find posts and articles that list like the 10 top Facebook advertising YouTubers and things like that. So they're already helping you. The internet is going to be your best friend. I would look at everything and anything that's been done in 2019, like this year, okay. nothing that's older because there have, there have been some changes to the ads manager right. and, and they're always happening. So the other thing is Facebook itself has a really good help section for an FAQ section for ad manager. And so I would go back into that section and kind of refresh on like what they actually say and some of the tips that they actually give. 
Because at the end of the day, you know, they want you to be successful. If people who are advertising using their platform aren't successful, they stop advertising. So, you know, sometimes it's good to go directly to the source. So I'd say dedicate a full day so that you're just educating yourself and refreshing on tips and ways to actually advertise because it is very confusing. You know, it's like, (laughs) there's so many layers. Even if you're like, this is what I used to do for a living. Like before Mm -hmm. I started Unique Markets, I worked in tech. I was a journalist, but I quickly became a manager. And so I was deep in analytics and advertising and like, I'm very well versed in all of it. And I still go into Facebook ads manager and I'm like, Oh my God, why is this so complicated? Yeah. It's, and it's just so tedious too. I mean, you know, and, and that's why you you do have to take all that time up front. And that's, I think where I'm, you know, I want to avoid doing that, Right, (laughs) but but you can't, if you want to, if you want to want to run a successful campaign, I I know that you can't do that, but yeah. And, and that's for me, it's been, um, I haven't had success with those and I kind of had, had ideas of where I needed to, you know, dive in a little deeper. You already know what you need to do. It's that like as human beings, we don't want to do the thing that we know we have to do. Right. And you need to hear it about a hundred times before yeah. before you do. Yeah. So here I am telling you what you already know. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, do, so do that so that you're putting more research into the advertising, because if you Mm -hmm. just go straight into it, you're not going to get out of it. And then you're absolutely right. in like, you feel like you're throwing money away. You Mm -hmm. kind of are throwing money away because you haven't taken the time to truly research how you can utilize the systems that are in place to capture shoppers. So, um, I would do that. That's the first thing I would do. (laughs) The second thing I would do is actually analyze the content of your ads. And this is a little bit harder because it's subjective and you're analyzing yourself. (laughs) Um, But we know that you can do that because you already have analyzed the fact that you need to research more. So you can do this. You're rational. You're a rational human being, which not everyone is. Um, So what you should probably do is look at, well, first of all, you should be doing A-B testing and, Mm -hmm. and Facebook makes that really easy analyze the actual ads that you did. And so honestly, and like sometimes this is when I utilize my group of friends and people who I trust. Mm -hmm. So I would analyze yourself, how you think you might be able to improve. Like, okay, let me look at that last ad. And like, I thought it was really good when I posted it, but it, you know, it didn't get that much traction. Um, Look at the photography. Like, are you using video? Is it a still photography Are you using the slideshow feature that they have where you can like, where people can actually, you know, just slide through a number of products? Are you actually uploading an MOV or, you know, something that moves? So like, first of all, analyze that and then analyze the headline and the copy. And is it the most like clickbaity copy out there? Because that you've got to capture someone's attention in a very short period of time. You have less than half a second. So in less than half a second, 
which is hard to, like, to even figure out what that, I mean, that's yeah. insane. So you have half a second, they're looking down at their phone or they're on their computer screen, surfing Facebook while at work, and you have half a second to capture their attention. So how are you going to do that? It's the visual and it's the headline. Right. So I would, again, research, like re- researching Google, like very successful ad campaigns just to get it in your head. Again, like, you know, we all need refreshers now and then, like we can't do it all ourselves and you shouldn't be doing it all yourself. So Google successful ad campaigns and kind of like associate yourself or reassociate yourself with like what makes a good ad campaign, what makes a good headline. And if there are brands out there that you think do a really good job, so you make leather goods. Um, so I'm trying to think of, you know, like, Shinola, for instance, comes to mind. Mm -hmm. It's like another, you know, big brand that spends a ton of money on advertising. I would on Pinterest and Pinterest is like one of my favorite places to do this. (laughs) Um, I would actually like, if you've never done this, it's really eye opening. You could literally type in like Shinola email campaign, Shinola newsletters, Shinola ads, And people actually pin that stuff, which blows my mind. That is an amazing resource because you are now able to look at what a major advertising agency has, like when it comes down to it, the copy that they've chosen, the visuals that they've chosen, and that Uh will help you understand what is a so-called good ad. Right. I mean, if it's grabbing people enough to pin it and save it. Exactly. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought to do that. So that's, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds funny because like what you think is a good ad could actually be a very good ad, but in today's world or with, with online users where they're scrolling, their behavior may not recognize that that's a good ad. So what you really actually need to do is educate yourself on what other people think are good ads. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're playing a game out here and the game has been created not by us, but by other people. So you really do need to like give in to like what is popular because if you're trying to get someone to click on an ad to buy a product, you have to actually give in to what overall people think is popular. Right. And then they discover your brand and realize that you're unique and that you have a unique point of view and you're, you have a unique story. And then that's where you captivate them. And you are different from Shinola and you are different from everyone else out there because no one is you, but you have to get them in. And the game is based on popularity. Unfortunately, it's just like high school. It's high school all over again. I know it's terrible. That's, it's so true though. It's, yeah. I mean, that's definitely my biggest struggle I think is, um, you know, once you kind of try to pinpoint who your customer is just, just getting that interest, um, and, and, and keeping it. I mean, yeah, that's because with markets, I think I've always had such different experiences and success because you're, you know, you're right there. It's in person. Um, and it's a totally different experience for the customer. And then that's part of what has kept me from really diving in online. Um, and then also, you know, I, I really need to try to take some of that and, and apply it to, to the website. Right. And so when you say that you hadn't been concentrating on the website per Mm -hmm. se, what is your sales strategy? How do you sell if you weren't concentrating on the website? Yeah. 
So I do Etsy as well. Um, and that has been primarily where my web sales are coming from, um, more so than my website. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just have always had more customers find me there. I mean, I think it's like to do with, I'm not, you know, working on SEO and a ton of backend things on my website. And when I just first started it, I kind of put it all up there and, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of blogging or, or keeping really fresh content on there. So now I'm, I'm more mindful of that. But, um, so Etsy has always been more, um, I've done more sales, um, but it's a totally different customer. So what they're spending on Etsy, yes, I do more quantity wise, like in terms of overall sales, but I do larger sales on my site. So people are coming to my website to buy handbags, whereas on Etsy, they're buying the really small price point items. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other than that, I do wholesale as well, which has been about 30% uh, of the business, 30, 40%. Um, and then markets have been like another 30% in the past. So, so really web Etsy and my website combined have been the last tier in, in income overall. Right. Okay. And so how many markets do you do? Like, is that something that you can scale and you can do more of? Uh, it possibly. Yeah. So this year it's changed a lot. I did take three months off in the beginning of the year. Um, and with my product with, you know, with leather goods and for me and (laughs) honestly, my stress levels, I don't love doing markets outdoors. The the pop-ups have all been inside. Um, I I like the idea of being able to back off on markets and that's kind of why I'm I'm really like, okay, well, I need to grow the the website of it. Okay. So this is, so this is an easy one because A, you're going to, you're going to brush up your skills on online advertising so that when you actually spend money to advertise, you're getting more bang for your buck instead of just kind of like throwing it out there and hoping, Mm -hmm. you know, that someone connects. I think that the reason probably why you're successful at the events is because it's you and you're there telling, you're telling the story and you're like, you're the brand. And that doesn't come across always, um, online. Right. I mean, it, it is interesting on your website, instead of being like about the about pages, meet Megan. So that's, that's interesting because you're putting yourself out there. Um, but maybe there's a way you can put yourself or your story more out there in social media and mm-hmm. potentially that story um, or video or visually through photography can also be brought into the advertising and marketing. That's the thing that separates you from, let's say, a Shinola. It's you. Right. So I'm just going to throw that out there for you. You know, everyone thinks that like small entrepreneurs and small businesses, it's this idea that like to the customer, you think that you need to be this like big fancy corporation and that your website needs to be matching that of like, let's say a Shinola, but like you aren't. Right. It's the the we instead of I. I mean, I know yeah. that's been a topic that we talk about, you know, saying we, when you're a small business owner, yeah. you run it by yourself yeah. and you keep saying, you know, we like to, uh, advertise or, you know, we, we want to create bags for whatever. And it's right. really, I, it's right. me. Right. Yeah. So and I, I do try to, uh, to be mindful of that. You do have the meet Megan page, which is great. Um, some people don't even have that. <laughs> um, and you also have a blog and I think this is really interesting and really key. 
Um, the blog has some really good content. It's, it's interesting, but what I find interesting is that you aren't like the process and you aren't really on there. It, it all mm-hmm. does center around you. Like here, you know, we're going to be at this spring market or like here are three ways that you can wear the convertible leather bag, which is really great content. But what's interesting is that you don't have like, here's a look at the studio or here's a look at, here is a, a time-lapse video of me making a bag from beginning to end, cutting mm-hmm. the leather all the way to the very end when you do the rivets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a few like studio tours and things that I've shared, but I mean, they're few and far between. So that's, there's been maybe four and it's been how many years, you know? So that's definitely something I need to share more. Yeah. Yeah. And like even, so the studio tour that you do have. So what's interesting about that is like, when you think about content and your story, that's evergreen. Your story is evergreen. Mm-hmm. Having, having a look at your studio is evergreen. And when I say evergreen, I just mean that the content is timeless. Right. You know, it's not like it's decorated for Christmas or, you know, mm-hmm. so that content is timeless. So you should be, even if you posted a blog about it two years ago, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't in Instagram stories or on Facebook link to that blog post right, right now. Kind of recycle that content. Recycle the content because yeah. the, the users and the people that are discovering your brand from year to year are totally different. And the ones who love you might not even remember. They might not have mm-hmm. actually even like, they might not have been fed the original post. So, you know, reuse that content and share your story. So if you already have that, great, start doing that. But I, I honestly think that you should start doing more I'm going to throw this out. IGTV. Do you do anything using IGTV right now? Um, you know, I think I did two videos when it launched. Okay. Uh, it might've even just been an intro video and then, um, a process video. Okay. So I'm going to throw this out there. Currently IGTV is, you know, they're trying to go hard with it. And so that's good news for small business owners and people who can act quickly and react quickly the big companies that we all look up to and, and like, they have multiple advertising agencies. They have multiple content groups creating content for them. Like, so when they realize IGTV is cool, like it's a year Mm -hmm. from now, and then they have to get all of these approvals for the videos that go up. Like they cannot react. And this is the one area where small business owners Mm. can like kick butt. So IGTV is they're trying to become more popular. And so what that means is their internal algorithm is going to push up anything that people put on IGTV. Whereas right now, if you post something, very few people are, are actually seeing that post. Your reach is probably somewhere between 15 and 25% of your audience max. I don't know when the last time was you looked at your reach, but I encourage you really low. Exactly. It's It's really really low. low. So only 15, let's say it's 15%, only 15% of people who have actually said, I want to follow this person. Only 15% of those people are seeing your posts. However, if you post an IGTV because they're trying to push it and make it Mm -hmm. popular, it will show up in more people's feeds. Right. So I think this is like, this is like the aha moment that I'm having for you, which is that you need to, if it's you and your personality 
and your story that seem to really connect with audiences, you should just start posting some IGTV videos and that's going to get you already like a natural that more audiences who don't follow you are going to discover you that way and start following Mm -hmm. you and people will share it and people will hopefully comment and then share it with their friends. So honestly, it seems, it seems intimidating, but like the ones that I do, like if you follow me, I know you follow unique markets. If you follow me at Sonia Rasula, you'll see my IGTVs and it's literally me just doing like selfie. Like I'm holding the camera in front of my face. It's like Mm -hmm. the most basic amateur hour out there. But those videos have thousands and thousands of views and like my posts get like a few hundred. So it just shows you the power of reach. And so I would say just do a tour of your studio or just talk to the camera and talk to people about like why you started the company, why it is you do what you do. And like Mm -hmm. I'm challenging you to do one every two weeks. Okay. I can do that. I, I, I'm not, um, I haven't really felt intimidated doing them. I think it's, it's that, you know, that whole aesthetic thing, you know, when I'm in my studio, I mm-hmm. am, you know, I haven't showered. I yeah. haven't, you know, yeah, okay. you no know, makeup wearing sweats, like it's a hot mess. And, and I know that, you know, the stats that I hear at least of Instagram is like people enjoy stories because it's getting, you know, you're seeing the more raw, real stuff and it's not the curated um, front that's put on, on, on the feed. And I have an art background, so it's harder for me to just be okay with that. I want to kind of curate things and I want to present this aesthetic, this, this um, vision. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Right. Okay. So, we literally just got to the heart of the problem, <laughs> which is that, which makes sense to me now, especially knowing that you went to art school and all of that. So basically you basically you just have to get over yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the aesthetic and the, be- like the beauty and the minimalism of your products are exactly that. The beautiful photography that captures your products is perfect. So like know that when it comes to branding and photography and how you're presenting everything, perfect, perfect. Love your website, love your Instagram, everything's great. However, the way that you're going to reach new people and the way that you're going to actually create more brand loyalty is through showing you and your real story. Cause mm-hmm. be, you know what, like there's this, inst- the Instagram effect was that like suddenly everyone, everyone thought photos were square. That was like a big thing years ago. All the photographers were like, F this, like, this is so <laughs> stupid. Like photos aren't square. They're meant to be like vertical or right. horizontal. And like, there was all this pushback. Yeah. Well, too bad photographers you lost. Yeah. Like Instagram did not go away. So you know, we're now, I believe we're now entering another era that social media is like, you know, we're going up and down in the valleys. And I believe we're entering an era where people are sick of perfection mm-hmm. and it, it actually makes them depressed. Like being on Instagram makes people depressed. Now there's like, this has been proven. Tell more of like the truth of your business and the ups and downs. And if you don't want to be that honest and show like the downs, then like show more of the process Mm -hmm. and, and how, like, I think it's so interesting and like, you know, this is why I created unique markets, but it's like the average person really does not understand that like the bag isn't just made in like 10 minutes. 
Right. Like they, I do think that there are people out there that think that is actually what happens. So, I mean, I've met plenty. (laughs) Right. Like show people, truly show them and use technology to, you know, capture what it is to be an independent designer and maker. And like, I think you'll connect more with people when you're like that and you're a little bit more honest about everything. Yeah. And and for me, I, it's really the, it's the visuals that I, that I want to kind of keep a certain way, you know, it's, I'm fine sharing the story and being really raw and open. I mean, I've talked about mental health struggles. I've talked about numbers. I had a really honest blog recently where I did that. And then I also shared some of that on Instagram. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm really cool with doing that. Um, and being really open about it. I just, I, I definitely have struggled a bit with, with letting that, the visual side of sort of that same coin, um, through as much, which I understand because to be perfectly honest, your blog and your website are beautiful. So keep, keep that visual standard. Mm. It's more when it comes to like IGTV and right, right. and filming videos, like the thought that you're going to be like home and garden TV, I'm going to have a crew come film oh. my studio. <laughs> like that's just, it's such an old yeah. school way of thinking. And like, I don't, you know, I don't know how old you are, but like millennials and the generation underneath millennials are like laughing at all of us. Cause they're just yeah. like, well, and I'm a very <laughs> old millennial I've discovered. <laughs> I'm 29, but I, I am. Yeah. I'm an old soul, I guess. <laughs> and I'm, and I do, when I do videos or I do TV, it's all been, you know, like on my phone with just like a gooseneck setup. So, Perfect. um, I think I just need to get comfortable with the fact that I don't, it's not going to look pretty right. me, yeah. I guess I, you know, I just, yeah. Are you talking about, okay, wait, okay, wait, we just, wait, I just heard you say something and I'm like really going to get into it now. Oh no. (laughs) So you did. So I understand what you mean now. Like the products are visual, they're beautiful, but it's actually Uh you, like you're like, you feel nervous or like you think that you're, you are supposed to be presented in like a socially, like what society would deem to be like pretty and proper. Is that, is that it? Yeah. I mean, I guess what, when I'm sharing on social, I get uncomfortable with, okay, I'm, there's no makeup. There's, you know, I shower, let's be honest, twice a week, half the time. So, and then I'm wearing sweats all the time. And often it's like a week of the same outfit and then I'll wash it. So it's not attractive. First of all, I love sweatpants. Okay. (laughs) And I know that the majority of people listening to this right now love sweatpants. So let's just throw that out there. (laughs) And, uh, the showering, the like no makeup again. Okay. These are things that like in this weird fake media world that, that has been created for us, we think because like 17 and glamour and Mary Claire told us that we had to be like, you know, okay, no one looks like that. Throwing it out there. Like I'm being filmed right now. And like, as I'm talking to you, I'm like sweating (laughs) Literally, you can probably see the sweat on my face. I'm like, I'm wearing black. So hopefully the sweat under my arms isn't actually showing, (laughs) but maybe it is. And I'm actually pointing to it. So the camera might even be getting it right now. Um, Like at a certain point. So when I became an entrepreneur 11 years ago, I am very uncomfortable with having my photo taken. And so I'm just going to share this because hopefully it will help you. My sister is one of those people that has like perfect bone structure. And 
big, beautiful lips. And every time, like any angle, she could be, her eyes could be half closed. I'm not joking you. She could be taking a bite of something. Like, you know, those photos where you're like half biting something. <laughs> like she always looks stunning. So <laughs> I have this deep insecurity because I have those same photos of me with my eyes half closed and like taking a bite. Cause my mom loves to take pictures where like no one is ready. Oh my God. My mom too. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and when I see those photos of myself, I look atrocious, like so scary. So I have this deep insecurity of being like not good with being photographed and I have like mm -hmm. three chins and it's never going to go away. It was just, it was always like that. And it always will be like that. And I am great on like on camera. I used to be on home and garden TV. And so when I'm on camera and live, I feel like there's less pressure, but with photography, there's this pressure because it's like the moment. Mm. And about six years ago, someone just said to me, they're like, Sonia, you have to get over yourself because <laughs> everyone deals with the same thing. And if you're scared of being photographed or going to get press and having photos taken, like that's going to come across and it's actually going to be the thing that gets in, like I'm getting in the way of myself. And so right. I'm going to throw this out there. Like you could Google, you could go onto YouTube and type in like beauty influencers who wear no makeup and you're going to find tens of thousands of videos. Like there's no standard of beauty anymore. And that idea of a beauty and B what an entrepreneur, what a successful entrepreneur looks like and acts like just like let all of that go and just go ahead and be okay with like recording yourself and being like, like have fun with it. Like, Hey, I'm wearing the same sweatpants as the last video. Cause I have not changed. Like <laughs> it's okay. Everyone gets it. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets it. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely something I need to do. I mean, I think with stories, I've been a little bit more okay with it. Cause it, you know, they cycle out, uh, with IGTV. If you're leaving it there, like, Oh, great. This is, <laughs> this is just, there. you can always delete delete it right like you can always delete it but Which isn't it better like a cop out to me so i'd rather not okay rather don't do it but then don't get do over it myself because, first yes get over yourself content, you this know? isn't this isn't for like a personal fan page you're not trying to like mm -hmm. go for miss america you're trying to sell products so you can right. pay yourself right like, it has nothing to do with how i look yeah it has nothing to do with that so yeah i yeah there you go um yeah we we only have a minute left. So okay. is there like one last question that you're dying to ask me? Um, I mean, my other big struggle is money mindset. You need to save money. Which is all I do. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah. Well, because I think my money mindset issue comes from not having it. Uh, okay. So you're scared when to spend I, you it. Know, right. So it's like a scarcity thing. When I was you know, younger, you know, we if we bought anything, it was with like coupons or on sales or, mm -hmm. and, and, um, even though I'm in a, like, I'm, I live comfortably now, awesome. not, not okay, because well, of the money that I make for, through my business, okay, but, hi. um, you know, I am very comfortable and, but yet I still kind of live in that sort of scarcity mindset. So, um, that's also a struggle with the ads and, and starting those, okay. like my, what I'm willing to spend on those is right. not, not a huge budget because I, I mean, it's a lot of fear wrapped right. up in the right. money thing. So that's okay. In one minute, we just got down to the fact that it's fear and you know it already. <laughs> so you just need to face that. And 
and not be so scared of like, if it helps you and it helps your like anxiety towards it, just come up with a, a budget, like an amount and be like, for the next six months, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on ads. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you have, you, you do have to spend money to make money. Right. And just to try it out and, yeah. and adjust. Yeah. Yeah. You've already faced the fear of starting a business. So that's the hardest yeah. part. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, all true. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it's been so great talking with you. You too. Thanks. This is great. Yes, that was such a great conversation. And now it's time for my top takeaways. Number one, just because you can set an ad does not mean you know what you're doing. Make sure to dedicate proper time, a full day or two, or even a full week to educating yourself before launching Facebook ads. You can watch YouTube videos, look at tutorials online, or use all of the information that Facebook Ads Manager can offer, but you want to learn as much as you can before you actually start spending money. What is the point in advertising if you don't understand what you're actually doing? Also, pro tip, don't look at any resources or videos past this year. The technology and the settings change so rapidly in Facebook Ads Manager that you really want to make sure that you're looking at current information. Number two, you, yes you, are what sets your brand apart from all of the other brands that are out there. Lean into your story and your role within the brand. You can do that through blog posts, IGTV, any way to help your customers get to know you is a win. Number three, content, content, content. Do not be afraid to show behind the scenes content. I know so many people out there listening are kind of shy or feel embarrassed because they don't want to to reveal what's behind the curtains, but you should definitely do a studio tour, show people how you make the products, show people what goes behind the packaging of the products or the fact that it's actually you placing the products into a box, taping it, writing the address on the top of it, People really want to see the difference between buying from a faceless corporation and buying from someone like you who is doing every single aspect of the job and putting their blood, sweat, passion, and tears into it. So again, do not be afraid to show behind the scenes content. And last, just be yourself. There is no longer a standard of what an entrepreneur should look like. This is the amazing thing about the era that we're living in. People really care about transparency. And I feel like it's our jobs as entrepreneurs and small business owners and side hustlers to show all aspects of that, the good, bad, and the ugly. So don't worry if you haven't washed your hair or you're wearing an old jumpsuit or your studio looks like shit because you don't have time to clean it because you're busy hustling. That's fine. That's the name of the game. So get over your fears, get over yourself, Don't worry about what you or your space looks like and just get it out there. Okay, that's our episode. If you love what you've just heard, please give us a five-star review. 
and make sure to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Spotify, make sure to follow us so you never miss a new episode. And again, the best way to get this out there into the giant universe of podcasts is to tell your friends, tell your followers about all the great business advice you've just heard. And you can also follow me on Instagram at SOS with Sonia. That's SOS with S-O-N-J-A. Thanks for listening.